I hope you've got your Bible open. I'm going to continue what I started a few weeks ago in Joshua chapter 1. We studied the, the entire chapter 1 of the book of Joshua, and we talked about a call uh, to action that the people have been wondering for 40 years. And Joshua is a fascinating book because in this wondering, right, God is bringing judgment, but he's also preparing them. He's also preparing them for the next step of faith. And we see in Joshua chapter 1, he calls them to action. These who uh, had were below the age of 20 are now ready to cross over into uh, the promised land when all this judgment started. And 40 years of wandering around the wilderness has led them to this point of action. And I want to remind us tonight, now this is so important, this foundational statement that we got to get as we go into Joshua chapter 2, really in the rest of the book. Uh, the, the, and this is what it is. Uh, they were called here to show a good courage. If you remember what he said Many times, I want, you to, I want you to have a good courage uh, in Joshua chapter 1. He's reminding Joshua that you've got to have courage. Now, here's the point, though. It's not courage to win, right? That's not what God's saying. God's not saying, I want you to have courage to go and fight and go and win and go and possess. Reality is the winning is already guaranteed in God's mind. He had already, in, in, the, in the mind of God, they had already possessed the, the land of Canaan. It was already theirs. The courage, church, was needed because he wanted them to obey. And see, that's the point tonight I want to make before we get into this in Joshua chapter 2. You know, we don't need courage uh, to possess spiritual victory, right? That's our, in, in the mind of God, we have every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ tonight, you have the spiritual victory that God wants you to have. Here's the reality. We, as God's people, we need courage to obey what God's called us to do. And so we're going to see here in Joshua chapter 2 that uh, Joshua's going to send out two spies. It's interesting to me. He didn't send out 12, right? He was a part of the original 12 that went over to spy the land of Canaan to, to come back and give a report, and that didn't go all that well. But Joshua chose two spies here in Joshua chapter 2, and I could almost bet you who one of those spies were. I could almost see him saying, Caleb, you pick out a man to go with you that's going to have your courage to obey what God wants us to do and to go over there and to look at the land, to view the land, to get to know our enemy, right? Not to determine whether we're going to go or not, but to prepare ourselves for the spiritual activity that God has in front of us. And that's the point tonight uh, as, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, you know, we don't, we don't, uh, pr we don't prepare ourselves whether we're going to, hey, are we going to go and get what God wants us to get? We're preparing ourselves and, and, and viewing the land, so to speak, knowing that God wants us to be there and to be able to be ready for the spiritual engagement and activity that God would bring into our lives. And here's reality. If the 12 spies had the courage of the two spies, they would have had the land 40 years earlier. They would have possessed, they would have already had, think about that, they would have already had four decades. Man, a whole generation would have already got to enjoy the, the land of promise, the land of Canaan. And these two men, they spied out Jericho. Listen to what they did. They spied out Jericho. They gained protection from a harlot of all people, right? They, they guaranteed peace to a family as they were leaving the city of Jericho. And they came back to Joshua and the people and delivered a favorable report to the people. Here's reality, 
uh, tonight. I, I want to just keep emphasizing this to you over and over. Obedience produces spiritual blessings. Disobedience, fear, a lack of faith, they hinder spiritual blessings. For 40 years, the nation of Israel had to reap the fruits of their disobedience and fear. For 40 years, they had to go through that judgment. They had to go through that reality. But the reality is now in Joshua chapter 1, Joshua has woke him up said, listen, God is calling us to go and possess the land. We have got to prepare ourselves. And part of that preparation now is in Joshua chapter 2 of sending out this, this uh, very small group, two spies, to go and look at Jericho, to bring back a report of what we can do. And what and you got to remember now, mostly people that are, that are in the nation of Israel, they were, they were just kids when those original 12 spies went out. So now they're, they're going into unfamiliar territory. And that can be scary, can't it? I mean, let's just be honest. When, when God, many times when God does a work in our lives, it can be, it can be very scary to, to believe Him and trust Him for that. Man, when God is wanting to bring us into unfamiliar spiritual territory that we've never been to before, that can be a little, that can be a little uh, disheartening, a little scary. There can be some excitement certainly involved in that. But man, God, He wants to do these things in our lives. And I want to give you four scenes tonight from Joshua chapter 2. Four scenes quickly from Joshua chapter 2 that I believe we can take into our own lives to help us produce greater spiritual blessing. But more than that, remember, because we have those spiritual blessings, but really help us to produce obedience. God, I'm going to obey you. God, I'm going to believe you. God, I'm going to take a joy. We're going to look at a, at a harlot, Rahab, who, man, had wonderful faith and what God wanted her to do. We're going to see her faith in, on display and how it not only saved her, but it saved her entire family. And it changed her family's direction for generations because of her obedience and her faith. So the first thing I want you to see here, the first thing is one of entry. Look at the entrance here. You know, if you're going to notice, Joshua sent them out secretly. And, you know, it says in verse 1 that Joshua, the son of uh, none sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. So we see their orders here in verse 1. I want you to go view the land, and I especially want you to look at Jericho. Now, Jericho geographically is going to be the first thing they're going to come to when they cross over the Jordan River. That's going to be the major daunting task right in front of them, church, is they have got to take over this well-walled city of Jericho. And so the orders of Joshua is, I want you to go and I want you to look at Jericho. And the Bible says they came and they went into a harlot's house named Rahab and they lodged there. Man, he wanted them to be sure they spent time in Jericho. Joshua wanted to know his enemy. As Christians, we're ordered to be aware of our enemy as well. In the New Testament, we're going to see numerous verses. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. What does Peter tell us? Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11, Paul says, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. See, man, Joshua said, I want you to go. I want you to view the land. I want you to see Jericho. And I say to us as believers, we have got to make sure that we're doing our part, that we're not going to be stumped and caught by the devices of the devil, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, for Satan himself is transformed into an 
angel of light. Man, we have an adversary tonight who is very cunning, who is very tricky, who can do some things to get us off course and to get our spiritual lives in disarray, church. And we have got to do our part. Our orders are, hey, go view the land. Go take that land. But notice number two, there are obstacles. Verse two, they get into Jericho. And it says here in the Bible, and it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came in and hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. Man, word gets out. We've got some children of Israel who are here causing us, uh, you know, going to cause us damage. And, and so the king of Jericho, man, he gets upset. We've got to find these people, right? I want, I want to find these spies, and I want to go and I want to arrest them, right? I want to, I want to figure out what they're up to. I want to do them damage. Because I don't want them to take over my city. So that's the deal here in, in Jericho. Man, the obstacles are there. Let me just say to you, anytime, anytime you are going to push forward in spiritual victory, you're always going to have obstacles. Always. Overcoming an obstacle is done by courage, faith, and obedience. Courage, faith, and obedience. And that's what it's about tonight, church. That's what I'm saying to you. We don't need the courage to obtain a spiritual blessing. That's already been given. We have got to ask God and get courage to obey what God has told us to do, to enjoy those spiritual blessings. Man, that's the point tonight. The men were going to be protected because they stepped out on the promise that God would not fail them. And many times it comes down to that. Man, the devil, he wants to wreak havoc in our church, and our family. He wants to wreak havoc in our, in our relational life, in our emotional life. He wants to destroy and, and, and do great destruction. But here's reality. We can never let the obstacles become greater than our orders. Man, we have been commanded to go and possess the land, to have those spiritual blessings. And we can't let the obstacles, and there's a lot of them, we can't let the obstacles become bigger than the orders. And so the first thing is one of entrance. The second is one of endangerment. And can I just say, can I just say to you, when you enter in, to the will of God, there is going to be dangers a part of it. I hate to tell you that, but it's just reality. The New Testament is chock full of instances and situations. In fact, the entire Bible is chock full of instances and situations where the will of God actually put God's people in danger. I think about what Mr. Sloan preached on Wednesday night. Man, even Joseph, he was in the will of God, found himself in a pit, found himself in prison, Right? We want to talk about the palace. We want to talk about all those great things. But man, the will of God brought him to a place of endangerment. But here's the point. In the endangerment, God promises his presence and his peace. God promises his protection. In fact, there's protection gained. Look at verses 4 and 5 of Joshua chapter 2. And the woman took the two men and hid them and said, Thus there came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. So she, she, she told a lie here. Verse 5 said, I don't know where they're at. Verse 5, and it came to pass about the time of shutting of the gate when it was dark, that the man went out, whether the man went, I won't not. Pursue after them quickly. Then they've left. Go get them. For ye shall overtake them. Man, there's a protection gained here. Rahab had a choice to make. And, and, and I'm not, I'm, we're not going to justify her lying. That's not the point. She, she was not an Israelite. She had never heard to bear a false witness. She had never been told, thou shalt not lie. What she did know was that these men served a God that had all power, and she wanted to protect them. She obeyed what light she had. And isn't it amazing 
that God, with the two spies, in front of them he put what a harlot who was willing to protect them at all costs. God worked in spite of her lie, in spite of her disobedience. Man, God, he uses the just, he uses the unjust even for his own purpose and for his own power. And tonight, I remind you that, man, there is a protection to be gained when you are following and trusting in the will of God for your life. Man, there's a, there's a protection to be gained when you and I are going to obey God and listen to God and what he wants and what he desires. God will give us protection in those moments and in those times. But number two, I want you to see there's a profession here. Look at verse 9. After she protects them, look what Rahab says here in verse 9. And she said unto the men, I know the land hath given you, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint, are scared because of you. Isn't it amazing what Rahab said? Rahab had more faith than most of the children of Israel had. If they would have had the faith that Rahab had 40 years earlier, the children of Israel would have taken the land. Rahab said, we have heard about all that God has done to get you out of Egypt, and we know you guys are a powerful nation, and we are legitimately scared of you. Man, she gives a profession here. Ironside said that she wanted to acquaint herself with the God of Israel, and she grasped this wonderful opportunity that had come to her in order that she might be made known, in order that, in order that he, God, might be made known to her. Can I ask you a question tonight? What's your profession of God? What's your profession of God? What do you really believe about him? Do you believe he has the power and the ability to meet the spiritual needs in your life? Do you believe that he has the power and the ability to meet the relational needs, the emotional needs, the physical needs. Because I'm going to be honest with you, in my own journey physically, there's been many times where I've been down on that, where I've not believed it. I mean, there's been many seasons and many days and many weeks at times where I've struggled and said, Lord, what are you doing? Why, you know, why don't you change this quicker? And I guarantee you I'm talking to people tonight that there's an emotional thing, there's a mental thing, there's a relational thing, there's a financial thing, there's a physical thing, there's a spiritual thing that has got you bound up. And you, if you would just be honest with yourself and with God tonight, as you sit and listen to me talk to you, if you would just be honest, you would have to say, you know what, I don't believe what Rahab said. At this moment, you don't believe it fully. Can I say to you, you've got great comfort in that. Men of God, like Elijah, fought and battled the same thing. Men of God, women of God, throughout the scriptures, fought and battled the same thing. In fact, Job said, Lord, I don't know where you're at. I can't discern you on my right or my left, behind or before. But Lord, I'm just going to trust you. I, I, I don't know exactly what you're up to, but I'm going to trust you. See, God wants us to have those spiritual blessings. And Rahab gives a wonderful profession here. Man, we believe God. So the first scene is one of entrance. The second scene is one of endangerment. And when you enter into God's will, listen to me, church, I'm not going to paint some pie-in-the-sky deal to you. When you enter into God's will, there is going to be danger as a result of it at times. Yes, there's going to be great peace in the midst of the storm, but there's still going to be a storm. Number three, there's, there's the entreatment here. The entreatment. Rahab was so convinced 
that she was ready to change sides. Do you see her faith? Man, we want, I want to be with your God. I want to be one of your people. When you come to the place in life where you realize that without God, you have nothing, you are then ready to possess spiritual blessings. Man, she realized that her life was, was nothing. She didn't want to be inside of Jericho anymore. She didn't want to live this way anymore. She'd heard about God. And this was her chance to believe God and to receive Him. She said, Lord, and she said, guys, I want to be in your nation. I believe you're God. There's the entreatment. Look at the request for a token here. Verse 12, or verse 12 and 13, it says, Now therefore I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token. Give me a sign that I can be safe. In verse 13, and that you will save alive my father, my mother, my brethren, and my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. Man, Rahab requested a token. She wanted viable proof that her family would be safe. She gave this request, please, and it's not just for me. I want it for my entire family. And can I say to you, Rahab understood so much. When you make spiritual decisions, they positively or negatively impact everybody in your life, especially your family, especially those closest to you. Look at the requirements for a token. So she requested, and they say, yeah, we'll give it to you. But here's what you got to do in verse 14. Look at what it says. And the men answered her, our life for yours, if you utter not this our business. And it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with you. So if you be quiet about this, Rahab, verse 18, skip down a few verses. Verse 18, behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by, and thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. First, she had to hang a thread from a window. They had to be able to see it. Secondly, you couldn't leave or you'd be killed. Thirdly, if, uh, if you're deceiving us for your own gain, then you're going to die as well. So there's, there's, the, there's the receiving of it. There's the requirements of it. And I'll just say to you, if you're going to enter a relationship with God, there are going to be requirements on you. Man, if you love me, keep my commandments. Number three, there's the receiving of the token. Look at verse 21. And she said, According unto your word, so be it. And she went, she sent them away, and they departed. And I love what Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 31 says, By faith Rahab the harlot perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. At this point, Rahab changed the direction of her life forever, church. Forever. By the way, if the children of Israel had not crossed the Jordan River, Rahab would not have had this opportunity. Do you see how spiritual blessings open up the doors for others to have spiritual blessings? Do you see how obedience, my obedience, would impact somebody else's obedience down the road? Do you see how that can make a profound difference in our lives? Luther said this, Rahab didn't have a Bible. She lived centuries before the prophet spoke and 1,400 years before John 3.16. However, she believed what she knew. And the Bible says it was counted to her for what? Righteousness. Man, by faith, Rahab perished not. So we got the first, the entrance, right? Second, the endangerment. 
Third, the entreatment. Give me a true token. I want to be a part of the nation of Israel. Number four, there's the excitement. Well, I love this. What did they see? Verse 23, look at what they saw. So the two men returned and descended from the mountain and passed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and told him all things that befell, that befell them. Man, they went to Joshua excited. They shared how with Joshua how God enabled them to enter the outskirts of Jericho. They shared how Joshua, uh, uh, they shared with Joshua how God had changed the heart of a woman named Rahab. Now she is going to have a true token. She wants to be a part of their nation. They shared how God had protected them three days from the men of Jericho. You know what the spies told Joshua? Man, we saw God. God's moving, Joshua. We can do this. And notice what they said, verse 24. They said unto Joshua, Truly, the Lord hath delivered into our hands all the land, for even all the inhabitants of the country do faint. Do faint because of us. When the spies saw God, they were assured of the reality that the land was theirs to possess. Man, they, they, could, they, they just knew it. God, they said, Joshua, they are scared of us because of our God. Not because of us, because of our God. I ask my question to you tonight. What's your report? What's your report? Do you testify the goodness of God, the peace of God in your life, the promises of God in your life? Would you give a good report? See, so many, so many times... As, as believers, we, we see all the circumstances and the obstacles, but we don't see God. We see the walls, right? They could have come back and said, Joshua, those walls are huge. We can't win. But they said, man, God's given us the land. We can do this. I close with this illustration night. In the early part of the last century, an artist painted a picture of a chess game. The players were a young man and Satan going against each other. The young man had the white pieces and Satan had the black ones in this painting. If the young man were to win, he'd forever be free from the power of evil. If Satan were, the, were to win, the young man would be his servant forever. The artist, who was a great chess player himself, had the pieces lined up in such a way that the devil had just moved his queen and announced checkmate in four moves. The young man was seen hovering over his rook, his face pale with fear, because he knows that in four moves, his life's no longer his. For years, the picture hung in an art gallery with chess players from all over the world coming to ponder the configuration of the pieces. Convinced that the devil had won. I mean, they, look at the, they look at the picture and say, man, you know, this guy's doomed. Four moves, it's over. He's lost to the devil forever. Yet one day, a famous chess player named Paul Morphy was brought into the gallery to view the picture. He stood there looking at the picture, kind of gesturing with his hands, the different moves, the different possibilities that could be made. As in his imagination, he eliminated one move after another. To the amazement of all, the old man, Paul Murphy, figured out a combination of moves that would defeat the devil. And he began to shout, Young man, make that move! Young man, make that move! I say to us today as believers, make that move. Make that move to obey God. Make that move to believe Him, to have the courage to obey what He says, and that He has promised you all spiritual blessings. I say to us, church, make that move. Make that move in whatever relationship, whatever emotional barrier, whatever mental barrier, whatever physical barrier, whatever spiritual barrier. Make that move. 
to believe God. Man, have the faith of Rahab. Beg for a true token. Say, man, I know that your God is all-powerful. She told the nation of Israel, she told those two spies, I know that your God is going to take over this land. What faith in God. What faith in His power. I ask us tonight, what do we believe God for? Can He do what He wants? Can He do in your life the miraculous? If He sees fit, can He work in your life? Can he, can he give you every spiritual blessing? Or is that a pie in the sky talk? I say to you as a church, He can. Make that move tonight. Father, I thank You for Your Word. Thank You for this story of Joshua chapter 2. Thank You for what the spies saw. They saw You, Lord. But thank You for Rahab. You use the most unique situations and people to accomplish your will. Tonight, you, don't have, you have no limit on your resources. And so I pray that you'd help me as a man to trust you, to lean on you, to have the courage to obey you in every area of my life. I pray that for my church and those that are listening now. Many of them discouraged. It's a discouraging time. The news is awful. It's tough to watch. We are so captivated. Our souls are so beaten down. I pray you help us to believe you. Help us to see you, Lord, not the obstacles. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done for us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And I pray that it would stay with us this week. Help us to hide it in our hearts, to meditate upon it daily. In Jesus' name, amen.